0: song just keeps coming in later and later, every episode. You know what? I think we're going to kill the QN song. It does. It, it, it's just people are listening going, did this thing start yet? And five minutes later, here comes the cue-in song, as much as I love it. Welcome to another episode of Tribe Radio. Uh, let's just get this out here right away. Where we li- teach you to live a safer, happier, healthy life safer happier healthier damn we all need that um i need that today uh and our guest today will probably add to the happier part of um my life in fact i know he will uh as soon as we can get him on here aha i see i see he's holding and then he's not holding and do you see him
1: he was there. He was
0: there and now he's gone. We're really hoping that this doesn't uh fade in and out cuz he's calling all the way from uh Canada and um we're trying to Skype together. So, if there are technical difficulties, just just um bear with us. And in the meantime, oh, wait a minute. Now, I I think we have him. Yeah. Well, we're having uh let me let me uh let me tell Am you about what's going on. You are on, sir.
2: Well, there we go. The benefits of modern technology. I'm impressed. It's fantastic.
0: <laughs> Fant- I'm so happy that you're here. I I was about to say that we are uh, on part six of our seven-part Neighborhood Heroes series. Um, and no Neighborhood Heroes series would be <laughs> complete without the addition of you, sir, because you are one of my absolute, you know, I think, I think there was a vote in the real-life superhero community, uh, maybe last year, for everyone's favorite real-life superhero, and, and I believe that Thanatos Necrium, who happens to be our guest tonight, yay, woo, <laughs> um, I, I believe you came out on top of that poll, sir, not that right. you need, you know, polls to to yeah
2: anyway. i think i i think i did I don't quite know how I did it, but i did <laughs> there you go I, I
0: I know how you did it i i had the pleasure of meeting you um one time in in uh southern california it was i believe yep. two thousand eleven hope. at hope, at hope yes. project hope that was that was amazing that was my first project hope and
2: uh that, that was an amazing I, time yes it was that was
0: fantastic, and I remember after Project Hope, not that I want to skip ahead to stories right now, but I do remember this one thing. Bug and I, Night Bug and I were sitting in the Hard Rock, uh, it was the after party at the Hard we're Rock ahead. Hotel at for, for, you know, after the superheroes um, screening at Comic Con, and that's right, everyone. R L S H living the High Life, right? <laughs> anyway. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it that night, a bunch of poor slobs getting the VIP treatment. But I remember sitting there in the banquet room and looking over and you're sitting in the corner, just kind of eyeing the whole situation and I turned to Nightbug and I said, Oh my God, look at that toast He looks so scary, but he's like the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, oh, i was so qu- scared. <laughs> oh, love it. Yeah, that was that was quite the night. That was quite the event. It was it was, it was a lot of fun. We did a lot of good down there too. Oh my I think, gosh! I think we okay. helped about four or five hundred people that time.
0: Well, uh, even more from what I heard. We'll we're going to get to that, but first, for everyone who's listening, because uh, like I said, we've got these really uh, great ratings get lately, and and I don't have a thousand friends, so I say this every <clears> show. So I know that um, whoever these people are that are listening, they, they may never have heard of real-life superheroes. They may never have heard of you. So I'm going to be asking you all about yourself, Dan. And there are questions I've always wanted to ask you but really haven't had a chance to, so... Um, yeah, sure. Go
2: ahead. Ask uh, ask anything. Yeah.
0: Oh, anything. Ah, Dan, you should know better than to tell me that, but Okay. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Um. Oh, God, I, I can think of anything to say to that. Um, my first question is, where are you from and what do you do?
2: Well, I'm a real-life superhero located in the city of Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, my main purpose is to, to help the people that are on the street, that live on the street in the downtown east side of Vancouver, which is known as Canada's poorest postal code. It's... Uh, like Skid Row that you see in a lot of American cities, only worse. Uh, drug dealers operate right out in the open there. Prostitution and, and petty crime is rampant. Uh, we have a population of probably about 800 to 1,000 people that are living on the street with no home, no support, uh, and no help from anyone except the, the few agencies that are down there. So I may get my mission to go down there. I take care of these people. I give them aid in in the form of food and supplies whenever I can. Um, I give them a shoulder to cry on. I give them a friend that they can talk to. I keep my eyes out on what's going on down there. I uh, operate as an extra set of eyes for the police department and pass information and let them know what's going on on the street um, to keep these people safe and alive. I've been doing it uh, about five, six years now. Um, and I'll probably be doing it for another five or six years.
0: Wow. Five or six years out there doing that. And, and you know, I, I've been complaining a lot, Sam, about the cold here in California. Please don't laugh at me. <laughs> but I know. I
2: never laugh. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I was originally born in San Diego, and mm-hmm. uh, I lived for my teenage years in Santa Monica next oh, wow. to LA there. Yeah, so I know when it gets down below 60, 50 degrees down there, that's, that's cold weather. If, you, if you're not I climatized to, to snow and ice and sub-zero temperatures, it can take a lot out of you. People that are living on the street down there are just in much danger of dying from the cold as they are up someplace where they're getting three or four feet of snow and sub-zero temperatures. It's the way the, the body responds to it. And if you're not prepared for it, uh, it can be devastating.
0: Oh, thanks. You know, I didn't know that. I didn't know you were born, you were in San Diego and then you were in Santa Monica. Wow. So how did you end up all the way up in Vancouver?
2: Oh, long story. We lived all over. My father was in the Army, so we lived all over the southern states uh, while I was growing up. That's why every so often I still get a little bit of southern draw kind of comes out. I always have a tendency of saying y'all. I love Um,
0: it. Love it. (laughs)
2: uh, When I got out of the Army, my mother had moved back to Canada, so I came to Canada to, to be with her. And uh, just fell in love with the country and stayed up here. I lived in Toronto for a good number of years and finally got tired of Toronto and we moved out here to Vancouver and and about 20 years ago, 17 years ago actually, and uh, just love it out here. It's just uh, beautiful.
0: Oh man, yeah. You know what I I uh, I trained to do a uh, marathon out in uh, out in Vancouver. Uh, We raised all the money that we were, you know, (laughs) it was for the SF AIDS Foundation. And uh, we raised $8,000 for that foundation. And I trained for half a year to do the marathon. Got up to my 16-mile runs. I wanted to see Vancouver um, so badly. And uh, after my six, our, our team, in, it was it was a team and training type of thing. But um, after the 16-mile runs, I wondered, why am I so overly tired? What's wrong with me? And I went to the doctor. I found out I was pregnant with our our son. But so
2: oh, well, I, that'll do it. Yeah
0: yeah it was fantastic but i never got to go up to because by the time the marathon came out i was in my third trimester and you can't fly in your third trimester so i i never got to see um vancouver but the rest of my team came back and said it was so beautiful that it looked it like is. a postcard all the time
2: it does it's, we've got the mountains behind us and around us and it is just beautiful here we had a, a very nice climate for the most part year round um it's a gorgeous city, it's a modern city, very innovative. Uh, we've got the world's first completely automated um, tram system here, train system. Oh, wow. Uh, most, most people call it a subway, but it's, it's not underground here. It's above uh, on rails above the ground, so they call it SkyTrain. Um, it's completely computer controlled. There are no operators on the cars, which takes a little while to get used to.
0: Oh, my gosh. Um,
2: yeah, but it's, it's automated. It's a very innovative, high-tech city. Um, a lot of great things about it. You know? And then on the other hand, it also has you know, its darker side. It has the dark side of the downtown east side, a large homeless population um, that in spite of what, what the city government is trying to do, the mayor's kind of going in one direction and the city government goes in the other. They really don't want them here. They'd like to get them all just gone. And you just can't do that. More and more people are ending up on the street now. The, the tough economic times are, are hitting everybody.
0: Exactly, and we're seeing that more here, too. In our area, one of our teammates is being outraged. He's, he's outraged right now because he's finding out that in his city, which is about 15, 20 minutes away from us,
2: they're really, really pushing
0: to get, you know, they just don't want you to see them.
2: That's, that's right. That's the whole
0: thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's
2: right. We had the, the Olympics up here a couple of years ago. Um, right. You know, spotlight of the whole world was turned on Vancouver and they literally just pushed all the homeless people out of the downtown core. They wouldn't let them into the downtown core where tourists would see them. Um, and they ended up, a lot of the homeless took over a vacant lot and made a camp in it, um, which immediately, that you know, the police would not let porta potties go in there. They were very restrictive on aid going in there. Uh, Red Cross and Salvation Army both told me that it was too dangerous to go in there. Uh, the police said it was too dangerous to go in there and, and too much of a situation. Um, and it was during that time I had a meetup. I had Motormouth was up here, uh, Night Owl, uh, T. Carlos came out and joined us. Um, and uh, we went into that camp. We took about 400 pounds of rice in there, uh, uh, seven or eight cases of water, uh, thirty or forty blankets, thirty or forty plastic sheets, you know, and they welcomed us with open arms. They were quite receptive to us. But the, the city oh. tried to kind of hide them away, trying to push them away during the Olympics, and it was just a shameful event.
0: It's exactly it's, I mean, you know, they're trying to give the shininess back to the city, and they're ignoring their fellow man who needs them more than anyone. You know, it's, it's pathetic, and I'm really happy that there are people out there like you who are fighting that apathy. That's the whole thing.
2: Well, there's a lot of us, you know, there's, there's probably, I count, there's probably about 300 of us actually out there actually doing stuff, which is a huge number of people, uh, we're drawing attention to the problems, we're, we're we're actually doing something, we're inspiring people to get out there, so I would say, you know, in a whole, the whole real life superhero movement can say it is successful, it is inspiring people, it is getting things done, um, it's drawing attention to the problems, uh, and the most important thing is we're keeping people alive. Whether you're just giving them a handshake or talking to them for a moment, whether you're picking up needles off the street or trash, whether you're you're giving handouts of food, you're doing something to help keep that person alive for one more day. And that's about all any of us can really hope to do. And if we do that, then we've succeeded.
0: Amen to that, brother. That's, uh, that's the absolute truth right there. So I... This is one of the reasons I wanted to do this seven-part series because a lot of my friends uh, still don't know. You know what the heck are the RLSH? Well, that's it. What you just said in a nutshell. And um, they're the, the ones who are costumed. Like you said, you know, I, I that used to be a big. Uh, source of contention between me and a couple other members um in the initiative we we would go back and forth about the whole costume thing and you know what i think the costumes are perfect if they're like you i can't even picture you without the costume even if i knew what you looked like you're pretty good at keeping your identity
2: (laughs) yeah i was was gonna say that day that weekend down at hope there i was in my costume for uh about 14 hours
0: Wow! Oh. Yeah, yeah. I never, I never I've took, never my, mask yeah, no, I never took my mask
2: off. Yeah, I never took my mask off. No, nope. and uh, <laughs> you no, know, it was quite something because I designed the costume mainly to be worn for about about four or five hours tops.
0: Oh my! So,
2: <laughs> so it was it was quite heavy and warm in it. Costumes are great. The costumes have their place. Um, the superhero mythology is is everywhere. You know, there are charities that use it. We have one up here that uses it. You know, the superhero uh, lottery. Um, hospitals use it to raise money. You know, anyone can be a superhero. I did. Uh, uh, Easter Seals uses it. They use that. Sup- be a superhero for a day and rappel down a twenty-story building, which I got to do here in Vancouver last year. Um, I loved that. Yeah, that, that, was, was, that great. was a lot of that was a <laughs> lot of fun. I love that. I loved oh. the guy. He asked me afterwards, right? The one call from, him, and he said, "So how was it?" And I said, that was pretty cool." And he says, "You seem pretty calm about it." He says, "That was pretty cool." That's all you have to say. And I said, "Yeah." I said it's <laughs> nice. Re- I said it's nice rappelling down 20 stories for once in the daylight with nobody shooting at you. I said that was cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That got him. Oh man. Yeah,
2: but but the superhero was... mythology, you know, the superhero <laughs> mythology is everywhere. P- places use it. Wonder Bread used to use it. Um, cereals use it. It's, it's everywhere. People understand it. As soon as they they hear the term superhero, they see it. You know, they understand exactly what it is you're doing, what you're doing, you know. So costumes have their place, you know.
0: They do, (coughs) absolutely, absolutely.
2: And people say, oh, it's a uniform, it's a costume, it's this or that. I wear a costume. I have gear that, protective gear that I wear underneath, and the costume hides it and makes me look uh, much different than what I would look like if I was standing there all in my body armor and stuff. So mine is a costume. And there's a place for costumes. There's a lot of stuff that I do downtown to the downtown east side where I don't wear a costume, um, where I'm just down there kind of blending in and just sitting, watching, and observing. Um, I tell people, if you're going to do intelligence work, you want to find out what's happening, just sit and watch. That's your best way. And you'll see things and you'll hear things just by sitting and watching. And you'll learn a lot more that way.
0: Absolutely, and sometimes that intelligence gathering, the surveillance is, you know, that that is an unappreciated art. It really is, and especially if you can blend in. You'll learn so much more.
2: Oh yeah, you know. if you become one of them, you know, and accepted by them, you hear that much more, you see that much more. You know, right. people go in and they, they go, I want to go out and do, do intelligence surveillance. I'm going to get a camera and I'm going to get a secret camera and I'm going to get a, a little <laughs> microphone thingy. And it's like, one, I tell people, one, don't carry stuff like that. Because if for some reason you get searched and they find you're, you're wired, you're screwed. Uh,
0: that's a very good point. Very so good I point.
2: Take notes, you know, if you need to. Um, I take a lot of notes, um, you know, read, you know, Memorize things. Write it down when you have the chance. You know, don't try to get get hard physical evidence because it can also it can be very dangerous. Somebody sees you snapping a picture at the wrong time, and it could be bad results.
0: That's absolutely true. So, um, and and this isn't the movies. You know, we're not Tom Cruise on Mission Impossible. So, uh, it, no, it's,
2: exactly. Yeah, it's, it, well, this is real life. This is dangerous. You know, the area that I patrolled down there, I have seen just about every type of weapon that you can imagine. I've seen AK-47s on the street. I've seen a wow. grenade launcher. Um, wow. I've seen a Laws rocket being carried around. I've seen numerous handguns. I've had God. I've had handguns pointed at me, pulled out, and, and flashed at me. Um, you know, it, it's dangerous. I had knives pulled on me. Somebody tried to stab me one time. I've had needles thrown at me. So it, it, it's dangerous out there. and I tell people, it's, it's not a game. If you're out there even doing handouts, you've got to be careful. You've got to watch yourself, and you've got to build a trust up with the people that you're helping.
0: My God. Um, you know, that that brings me to this question, because people would be going, why do you do this? Why would you want to? So I have to ask you, what inspired you to start doing this?
2: I've always been someone to help people out. It comes from, a lot of it comes from my military training. I was United States Special Forces. Our model is de oppresso liber, to liberate the oppressed. And there's many, many forms of oppression that are out there today. Um, Being down and pushing on the homeless like they do and trying to to make life difficult for them is a form of oppression. And I just don't handle that kind of stuff very well. So I've always tried to do stuff. I would be, go down and I would try to help them out. I would give out food and I would talk to people. And it was good, but people down there, they have a short memory. Um, some of them have drug problems and mental problems. Uh, social workers will tell you they see that person in the morning and by the afternoon the person has forgotten them. And I realized that if you're gonna do anything, you've gotta find a way to get these people to, rem- to remember you. And there was one night in particular, a police officer, he told me that you know helping these people He says, it's a lost cause. He says, these people have nothing better to look forward to than death. And and that really stung me, that that somebody would live with nothing to hope for than to die. And I said, if that's the case, then death is going to have to start going out and actually taking care of these people. So that's where I actually came up with the idea to become Thanatos. Thanatos is the Greek name for the god of death. And I decided that I would become a superhero and use Thanatos as the base. So I'm kind of based a bit on the Shadow, the Green Hornet, Doc Savage... Um, the old EC horror comics. Um, And I became a figure. And very much like the comedian and the watchman, I am a parody on life around me. Because only in Vancouver does death walk the streets to hand out life rather than to take it.
0: Absolutely. And your your mask, I love it. It's so simple. It's so iconic. It's just, you know, and the fact that it's just not a black and white, you know, skull, that it's just that green that just kind of... It's wonderful. It's got this eerie glow all its own.
2: Yeah, it's a great uh, mask. It It, was on it sale is. For a dollar. It was on sale for a dollar at the dollar store when I first got it, so I got a few of them.
0: Are you so serious?
2: Have, I'm serious.
0: Wow.
2: Yeah, and <laughs> it, it, it was just nice. something about the, the childish simplicity of the skull itself just kind of creeped me out. So that's why I use it, and it's been very effective.
0: Well, you know, when you first walked out there, because there's got to be... A whole bunch of stories about the reactions that you got when you first started hitting the streets with the, with the green skull mask on. Can you tell I, me about those?
2: I have startled people. I've had people I've woken up and said, "Hey, I've got some food for you," And they look at me and they go, "Wow, am I ever <laughs> so, Am I ever high?" or, "Man, I got to stop <laughs> drinking?" Or, and I've scared, I've scared a few people. Um, I've scared a few people to get, actually get off the street. One fellow ended up going back to his hometown because he said, if death is coming to give me food every now and then, maybe I better get off the street. Wow. I've had had people, you know, quite startled by me. Um, What are you? And I have to explain, and I start with, I'm a real-life superhero, and I am Thanatos, and I'm here to help, and, you know, the word spreads. You know, they realize that the crazy guy in the mask is out there to help them, so they're happy.
0: And the good thing about that mask is that it's easy to recognize. I mean, and you've got the hat. For those who can't see, I've got a slideshow. If you're, if you're listening um, online, looking at your laptop, uh, there's a slideshow that should be playing with lots of pictures of Thanatone. Uh, for those who can't, who are listening, just listening, they've got, uh, Thanatone's got a really cool look. He's got this really great black hat. And... A, <laughs> A trench coat, right? Would you? Yeah, yep. that's a trench coat. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And yep, I and have the gloves. Trench, uh, trench coat. Mm-hmm. I have uh, the gloves that have these the skull pattern on them. I have a, a tie with black and white skull and crossbones up the front of it. I have my utility belt, which has a, a skull hand as the as the buckle. <laughs> uh, Love I'm gonna it. Gonna do a theme. I'm gonna do a theme. Do a theme. Do everything, the whole thing. Yeah, everything I have is got is got is marked in one way or another with a little skull and crossbones. You know, I figure Batman has on everything from his his coffee maker to his his underwear, so it's like I can do it too.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, I you know I've got to say that uh, I was you know when I first like I said saw you at uh, Project Hope, it was you know it's neat because it, there were a lot of people in masks that day and and a few that weren't. We're- and uh, that one is easy to, you know, when you're walking around, because you do a lot at night, right? Um, yep. The figure alone is easy to make out walking up in the dark. And then the shine of the green, you know, I love it because from far away you can kind of tell, hey, that's Sanatose. Do you have people doing that, recognizing you now, just like crazy?
2: Yeah, yep. I've had people recognize me. They've seen me or they've heard of me had people have come up to me and say hey I saw you on HBO or hey I saw you on that TV show and it's like hey that's you know that's kind of cool.
0: Oh man, it's so cool. When I show people who haven't seen the HBO um the superheroes documentary, when mm-hmm. I show it to them and you come on, you know, I go I got to meet that guy. He's really nice. <laughs> you know, and it's it's so cool because there's a lot of fun in that movie. But when they, get, they start getting serious, you're one of the people that helps bring it to a more serious, more compassionate um, tone. Yeah I, like, yeah, I like that
2: movie because it showed all of us. It showed us our entire spectrum from, from the people that are just out there having fun, being a little bit weird, to the people that, that take it deadly serious. And, and it was nice to let people know that there's a whole spectrum of us out there, you know, each doing our own thing, each doing it in our own way. You know, we, and we range from from people that are are out there, just kind of being silly and having fun and bringing a smile to people's faces, to people that are out there that are actual physical crime fighters and taking on on drug dealers and that head on. So there's a whole range of you know of people doing it, and it shows people there's a whole range of what you can do if you just want to get involved and get out there and do something.
0: Absolutely. And
2: you know, and this is also as as superhero down in Florida always says, it's hella fun. It's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, it's living the dream. Every kid wants to grow up to be be Batman or Superman, and I, this is your chance to do it and actually do something and make a difference.
0: Absolutely. You know, that's that's such a now nobody's We've had this. This is number six in our series. You know, our seven part series, and and I love that. You know, that you did mention this is your chance to do that. You know, because yeah. it's true. Someone listening out there right now, think about it. You could be whoever you want. You
2: can be whoever you want. You 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 can be doing some good and having fun. If you're doing something that you enjoy and you're having fun at it, you will do that much better at it, and you will put that much more effort into what you're doing, and not just into your costume, but you'll put that effort into what you actually do out on the street. And that helps, you know, anything that makes it fun. And also doing good deeds and doing stuff like this is actually also good for you. It fights depression. Um, it raises uh, different levels of chemicals in your bodies that actually fight depression and make you feel better and make you feel good about yourself.
0: That's absolutely true. And, you know, we know a lot of people. You know, I, know, I have a lot of friends in the RLSH community that, you know, that suffer from occasional bouts of depression. You know, we all do. And yep. you're absolutely right. This is one of the best ways. To just combat that depression, it, you know? it is
2: a a very strong way. I can vouch for that myself. I suffer from depression. I've, I've been fighting it for a number of years. Uh, the last year or so has really been hard on me. Um, but I find this helps combat it. This helps me keep my worth to myself. Keeps me going. Keeps me happy. Um, keeps me human.
0: Now, you know what, Senator, I remember hearing a couple of stories that that just if I was having a crappy day I would remember the stories that I heard about you out there on the streets. is there some kind of book that you're going to be putting out or or did I hear something about or was it just somebody had written something about you
2: and uh, um he's written a very good chapter about me in, in his book he
0: did he did
2: yeah um excellent um at some point I think I am going to collect all my stories and see about getting them published and put down. Um, some of them are, are humorous, some of them are, are quite, like you said, quite moving. Um, my experiences on the street seeing these people, um, being able to kind of keep a touch of them and watch them, how their life changes or goes, um, can be a very moving experience when you realize what they're, they're fighting sometimes every day
0: uh, you know what? With that, I'm going to ask you to share um, one of your most heartwarming stories. Uh, and, and if you don't share um, the one I'm thinking of, I'm, I'll remind you of it after. So,
2: I think you you're thinking about, about Rose? I
0: am. I am.
2: Yeah. yeah. I called her the, the Rose of Pender Street. Um, she was a woman. She was in her 80s. She had lived on the street since she was about 13 or 14 years old she left home because her father was sexually abusing her and her sister and she just took off and lived on the streets and she lived in just about every major city you can think of. She was one of the of the few homeless people that were actually evacuated out of New Orleans during Katrina. And uh, I met her it was uh, in February a very 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 cold February that we had up here. Temperature was below zero and uh, her and some others were camped out on Pender Street, and I stopped to give them some aid and talked to them. And she was telling me about you know, her life and about stuff on the street. And she said, you know, she says I've always wanted to dance with death before I leave this planet. She said, would you dance with me? And I said, well, I said, sure. So we, we got this one young fellow that was laying on the streets. He was pretty stoned, but he managed to uh, bang out a pretty good uh, rendition of Tennessee Waltz on his guitar. And her and I danced there as, uh, as the snow kind of fell on Pender Street there that morning, about 2 a.m. in the morning. I found out uh, in April that uh, during March she had gone into the hospital and she passed away um, quite peacefully. So I kind of hoped that I, I touched her life and brought her a little bit of cheer there before she had to leave.
0: I'm pretty sure you did, Dan. That that's a beautiful story, and and I'm sure you touched her heart. And I I'm, I'll bet that was one of her favorite memories.
2: to I think back so. on. Yeah. Oh, I've seen yeah. a lot of things. I'll tell you another little story. This is one I'm quite proud of. Um, this is some night owl, uh, sky man, uh, and a few others have seen this fellow that I was talking about. His name was William, and he lived under a uh, uh, highway ramp that takes you into the harbor. Uh, here in Vancouver and he lived in this little uh, space where the uh, steel girder work from the bridge part joined the concrete and there was a little space about, about two and a half feet deep about five feet long and about three or four feet high a Little that you got in through by crawling through a slit in steel and this is where William lived and I found him when I was first starting out hiding under the bridge there and for about the first year all I saw was his eye and I would see his hand come out as he would take the stuff that I gave him and after about a year he told me his name, his name was William and I started to see more of his face and I would look in on him whenever I could whenever I was down that way Um, whenever I had other people with me I took them down there to show them to William so that he knew there were other people like me out there and uh, eventually he started getting out from underneath the bridge more and more often He had a lot of of medical problems. He had a lot of of psychological problems that that sort of kept him away from everyone. And eventually he started coming out from under the bridge. And one day, um, I found this out because a social worker got a hold of me through uh, Facebook to let me know what happened. William walked into the social services offices here in Vancouver. Um, Here in in Vancouver, if you are from another city in Canada and you want to go home, they'll buy you a bus ticket to go there. Wow. put you on a bus. He walked in to the office and he said, "I want to go home. I'm from someplace in Manitoba, and uh, my sister lives there, and I want to go move back to her." And sure, fine. You know, they're doing the paperwork, and they asked me. He said, "Why do you want to go back?" He says, "Well, he says death has been coming and visiting me for the last four years, and giving me food and checking in on me. And if death is taking such an interest in me, maybe it's time I got off the street and went home."
0: Wow. Wow, that's amazing. See, Toast, that is why I would buy a book of yours. <laughs> if you were to put all these stories together, I mean, think about it. You could reach someone who is really needing to hear something uplifting like that or needing to hear something that gets them to help other people out on the street. It, so the, it the ripple. It,
2: it doesn't take much, you know, and I find people wherever I go. Um, about a year ago, I had to go down to a TV show in L.A., and while we were down there, I noticed this fellow outside of a, a convenience store, panhandling. So I went in and I bought him a couple of sandwiches and coffees and like that. I brought it out to him and I handed it to him. And I put my hand up, shake him. He pulls back and he says, oh, you, you can't touch me. I said, why not? He says, I'm full blown. He says, you know what that means? I said, yeah, I know what that means. That meant he had full blown AIDS.
0: Right.
2: And I said, yeah, I, said, I know what it means. I said, I'm not afraid. And I took my glove off and I shook his hand. And he just held onto my hand about 10 minutes there and and we just talked and he told me that and think he'd been diagnosed four years earlier nobody had touched him like I had with their bare hand if people touched him at all they put on gloves first and here is was a man you know he's dying and he's being refused the most simplest of human needs and that's touch so I sat there and I and I held his hand and talked to him and just made him feel like a human being for a little while. And if we can do that sometimes, that that's all that we need to do. That's that's all you have to do. Just let somebody know that there's somebody out there that cares and recognize them as a human being. And you've made their life much better.
0: Now we're definitely going to come back to that because that that's an important point that you just made and i want to i want to expound on that in a little bit but we have a, a person who's been on hold uh patiently on hold well i don't know if he's patient or not i can't i can't hear him but he's <laughs> wonderful and i know he's been dying to talk to you so um i'm bringing him on right now and welcome skyman skyman hey, Matt. hey,
1: Matt. hey rock hey hey, hey love tribe radio folks Hey, yeah, brother, I've been how are you patiently doing? waiting
2: for this. Brother, <laughs> how are you doing? It's been a while. Yes, the
1: reason why I called in was to hear your voice, Dan. It is amazing to talk to you again, sir.
2: Oh, it is amazing to have you on here and talk to you again, my brother. God, I miss Talking you. Talking about your stories, um,
1: I want to say how Thanatos changed my life. In Thanksgiving 2010, you had put together a meetup, and you needed help because you had over 100 water bottles, socks, and granola bars that you needed help passing out through the streets on the homeless in Vancouver, Hastings yeah. Street. Yeah. So Night Owl said he would come, and I casually said, yeah, I would like a ride if Night Owl's pleasure enough. And one thing led to another. Night Owl, Skyman, and Thanatos, Thanksgiving weekend. 2010, we were handing out supplies on the streets of Vancouver, British Columbia.
2: Yeah, met in the cemetery.
1: (laughs) Of course, of course. I tried uh, putting my super suit on as fast as I could because I knew when I turned around, oh, my God, it's Thanatos.
2: (laughs) I turned around and went, oh, my God, it's Skyman. I was so excited to meet you. We did a lot of good that weekend.
1: Oh, my God! It was so awesome. We stayed up till like four a m drinking coffee, talking about the handout, and like two hours later, we did it.
2: Yeah, yeah. we did that. We got invited into into uh, first United Church there.
1: That was which, tell that story. That was the first time you we'd ever you'd ever been invited in.
2: Yeah, they have a very strict policy there at night. they They are a church that has turned into a uh night hostel for people. They really have no religious space left. It's all filled with uh, with beds in there. Uh, they have a very strict rule about after eight o'clock at night, nobody comes into the building, period. Um, they will let some of the people outside the front door for a few minutes at a time to have a cigarette if they want, but nobody comes into the building. We were out in front giving away stuff and one of the staff members came out talked to me for about a minute, find out what we were up to, what we were doing, and asked us to come into the building and give our stuff out in there to the people that needed it. So wow. this is like 2, 2, 30, 3 o'clock in the morning. They asked us into the building. And One of know, I, I
1: remember the conversation. I was standing right there with you talking to the social worker. This changed my life. He said, the reason I came out is I saw some guy with the stars and stripes on it. And I wanted to see if it was Captain America. (laughs) Yeah. I had my backpack on. I had my flag showing. So apparently Skyman made a difference
2: that night as well. Yeah, you got their attention. And that's what it's all about. It's about getting the right attention. And he got us the attention. We went in. We helped with people and talked to them. Um, It was a very moving experience for all of us. It was a great Great time.
1: But no, I want to talk about uh, beforehand, we did a civilian plane clothes patrol on, uh, in hell, basically. If yeah. there was a street in hell, it would be East Hastings Street in Vancouver, British Columbia. Yeah. Wow.
0: Let <laughs> me we, we tell you the street. short
1: story. We walked maybe an hour. I was propositioned for sex twice. I was offered drugs four different times. And some guy wanted to buy my
2: jacket for five bucks. Wow. And, you could, and you this could,
1: was in plain clothes.
2: And you could smell, the whole air was just filled with, with the smell of, of, of the street. Uh, I don't crack know cocaine what odor
1: was. It was just everything. It, Not, it smelled that like...
2: Co- there was crack cocaine. People were smoking it right in front of us, on the, right out in the open on the street. Uh, yes, was- we were standing
1: in a circle talking to a few gentlemen, and one guy passed it to me. And I'm like, what? No. Oh, yeah.
0: wow. Wow. But no, now- that
1: night, I I had never taken becoming a superhero seriously. Like I said, it was uh, about fun and games. And, oh, my God, I get to be a superhero. I get to be Skyman. Skyler finally gets to live his dream. I never took the work seriously. It was that night, Thanksgiving 2010. What I decided, okay, I'm going to be Skyman and I'm going to do this for real.
2: And he made a difference. He helped keep people alive on the street. He brought a smile the to their faces by the talking to them. And I walked to away
1: them. from, that handout, the one thing I walked away knowing was socks. Mm-hmm. Socks save a person's <laughs> life. Oh. Yeah. No matter if it's hot or cold, freezing, it doesn't matter. Socks for a homeless person could mean life or death.
2: Yeah, I learned that from Master Legend a few years ago. He did a sock drive, and I realized just how important that was, so I always make sure I give out socks. They are a lifesaver for people on the street. So every
1: handout I do from now on, I make sure to budget for socks. Uh, Yeah, the twice, uh, two signs of hope, fall and winter. I became known as Sock Man because I always came up with the socks. (laughs) We nicknamed them, thank you, A.J. Roberts, Sky Socks.
0: That's Excellent. Awesome. I like that. But you were that,
1: that, the one that taught me that socks save a person's life.
0: Fantastic. You know, I just
1: wanted to relate a story of how Thanatos changed another person's life, how a superhero, how he inspired another superhero who met him.
0: Now, see, thank you for sharing that, Sky. And that's what I'm saying. You know, that's why I really think, don't you think it would be great if, if uh, Than had a book out? That people could read. and uh... I'm trying to write a book myself.
1: <laughs> but uh, really, superheroes, we'd like to think we're famous, but we're really not.
0: Nah, yeah. I mean, I'm in
1: you... Seattle, Washington, home of I don't know how many superheroes in something called the Rain City Superhero Movement, and yet in my little area, 10
2: minutes from downtown, I still get asked, uh, what do you do? Why do you do it? Oh, Skyman does this. Only about about ten percent of the population really actually know about us, so it's gaining. It's gaining slowly, but surely.
0: It sure. is. It is, and I think I think movies like Kick Ass, you know, are bringing more attention to it, 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 it and not. So good <laughs> yeah, I have, I,
2: have, I watched. I just saw Kick Ass two last night. What did you think? Right of on. You? Um, it wasn't bad, but I noticed that they stole a line right straight from Zimmer.
0: They did. Yep. They were talking about that. They, that was so and, stolen. And the character, you know? And the
2: character. I remember that years ago when we were on the Heroes Network when it was first started. Uh, and I was just starting out and Zimmer was on. And he said that same thing about not wearing a mask. Exactly the same thing. And I said, wow. They right. referenced us in, in popular movies.
0: Exactly, and you know, and the, the whole thing about that character being being gay, and so, so mm-hmm. yeah, they they completely, you know, they ripped off Zimmer. So that's that's kind of cool. They ripped off quite know. a
1: few of us. They did, but that's fine. Mark Millar yeah. is an okay guy, even though Dark Guardian got in a fight with him.
0: <laughs> oh no! <laughs> DG got in. My, I'm gonna have to ask DG about that. Uh, that's funny. But they did. I, uh, I know kick
1: ass. Speaking of kick-ass, too, uh, did you get any bright points out of that one? Did you learn anything? Because I walked I away with, quite a, quite, uh, with uh, quite a head-banging experience. It was something
2: uh, the big Colonel us- Stars
1: and Stripes did. He kept uh, poking at the young guys about swearing.
2: Yeah, <laughs> they made a point <laughs> on I just that. I couldn't You're understand be that superhero.
1: because... I use a lot of swear words, Skyler swears a lot, his mother's hot on that, but as Skyman, I want to get away from that, and it was just, wow, well, okay, we're supposed to be superheroes, let's act like it, let's yeah. talk like that, so it changed me, even Kick-Ass 2. Yeah, that I was a nice point the they lesson. made
2: in that, you know, if you're going to be a superhero, act like one. Act like, like George Reeves did when he was Superman, or Christopher Reeves, you know, be that kind Aww. of superhero.
0: Oh, no. two of my favorites. You called out two of my favorites, George and Christopher. I Oh, man. But who did love
2: Reeves, Christopher? George Reeves took Superman role very seriously. He modified yeah. his life when he took that role. He stopped drinking in public. He stopped doing a lot of things. In wow. fact, he used to walk down Hollywood Boulevard and hand out $100 bills to people on the street and say, Here, go change your life.
0: Wow. I didn't know that about George Reeves. Now I know him. Yeah. I love him more than I did
2: oh yeah he he was quite instrumental in a lot of of famous charities actually getting them going and children's hospital he was he was very large on that
0: smart man I mean think about it he's representing superman you know he's he's
2: something tangible he said said, I represent superman to a lot of children he says I have to watch what I do because they're watching me
0: wow but
2: when they made him kick ass act like a superhero that was a good point the other good point they made was don't do it alone.
0: Don't no. go out
2: by yourself. It's right. way too dangerous. You know? It's I go way out, too I have dangerous. Somebody, I have somebody that watches my back. I have the lady catacomb, and she watches my back from a safe location, and nobody. she's not in costume. Nobody knows who she is or what she looks like, and she keeps an eye on me. And if something goes wrong, she can call for help.
0: That's and brilliant.
2: You, you need something like that.
0: That is brilliant. Now, are you guys who are doing it all on your own, are you hearing this? You don't have to have, you know, because a lot of people go out and they don't have friends that want to dress up and do it with them. That's fine. Even have if, them at a Even station. if you're going out
2: in a group, Skyman can tell you, when we went out and like that, Lady Catacomb was there watching our back.
1: Yep, you know, yep. We, uh-huh.
2: You no, know, even as a group, you know, she watched her back. We
1: were talking about living right. the gimmick earlier and how uh, if Batman has his symbol on everything, he's Batman, you know, from his underwear to the coffee mug. Talk
0: about the crypt. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, I,
2: I guess you could say it follows the theme, definitely. What do you and- have as main pieces of furniture
1: in that crypt?
2: <laughs> Let me see. I've got one, two, three, four, five coffins in my living room. My daughter has her own in her bedroom that she uses for a desk. My main big coffin is where I actually keep all my gear, just like the in Batman where he's got that cabinet. I wow. have a, a coffin, and I have every all my Thanatos stuff is in that coffin.
1: I so love when it. I'm,
2: when I open it up and I'm putting the stuff on, I feel like I'm getting, I'm turning into a superhero. Uh, when I my gear. I walked
1: into the trip, I felt like I was walking into a living museum. <laughs>
0: wow. It was a wow. tribute to
1: death. The little you know bitty what? coffin that you used as a coffee table, the big, huge Malaysian, beautiful <laughs> hand-carved coffin you used as a computer table. I mean, it was just, I felt like I was walking into a living museum. And when you pass <laughs> on, sir, we need to keep that. You see him up in perpetuity for RLSH. I really truly believe that.
2: Well, will pass it on to somebody.
0: You know what, Ben? Now I'm sitting here wondering what would happen if someone tried to break into your house. I could just picture <laughs> with the poor guy. Can you imagine? They, they would, have, they would yeah. have quite the shock.
2: They would quite, have quite the, the shock.
0: <laughs> and probably break their own legs trying to run out of there in a big hurry. Wow. That would be-
2: they probably would. I've got that. Pro- I've got Japanese swords up on stands. I've got all kinds of stuff on the wall. So yeah, we would freak if they came in here.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. You know, I had a, a coffin, but it wasn't a real one. It was one that somebody had actually created. You know, out of wood and such. Mm-hmm. But they they created it for a, a Halloween party. For uh, it was the theme was uh, cocktails on the coffin. So they really wanted a coffin to have you know the cocktails yep. out on. So, but um, that thing was was pretty fun. You know, you stand it up in a corner, and it's quite the conversation piece. Oh so yeah. I can't sure. even imagine your, you know.
2: <laughs> where, I, where I used to live one oh. time, we used to get the Jehovah's Witnesses would come to the door. So one day I asked them in. I said, <laughs> Yeah, come on come on in, sit down. So they sit down. They look, and the one woman's looking, at, keeps looking at this one little coffin that I use for a coffee table, and she said, Excuse me, she says, is that real? I went, Oh yes, it is. She says, How do you happen to have a coffin in your living room? I said, Well. As a drama passed away a few years ago, we just couldn't bear to part with the old girl. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been bothered by Jehovah's Witnesses or anybody oh, at my door again.
0: Man, no more missionaries. Bad.
2: The word got
1: out. Wow. No more
2: missionaries. Wow.
0: Yes. In- In the chat room, we've got uh, Sarah from the CAILA is saying Thanatos rocks. He's always been one of my favorite RLSH. I I agree. Uh, We have GeekPile Radio is joining us tonight. Nice. Welcome, GeekPile. And they say, they're asking, I'd like to know what Thanatos thinks about the issue in Utah where they want folks to have a permit to hand out food to the homeless. How would he propose someone lead the fight against that?
2: Hmm. I would just, just keep handing it out. There's no reason for the handout to have a permit. They come up with that different times. they were talked about doing it here.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: As long as you are giving out prepackaged food that comes from, from a legitimate distributor, mm-hmm. um, you can do whatever you want with it. You know, if, What they're trying to do is catch people and, and say, well, you can't make your own sandwiches and hand them out. You're going to need a food handler permit. You're going to uh, need a permit right. to hand that stuff out. But right. the actual act of giving charity um, is is unregulated. As long as you're giving out prepackaged stuff that comes from a, a legitimate supplier, they can't really can't say much. and I would just say keep doing it because it's, it's just go. more it's just more ways to, to make it difficult for the, the people that need help to get it. It's just another form of oppression. Um, and a lot of times you know having to buy that permit, it's just a cash grab you know, right. by a government. So I tell people like just keep giving. Yeah, you know, and the, the people talk to me and, and I say, you know, they, they come up and they say, well, the Bible says this and the Bible says that. I go, yeah. Jesus speaks 249 times in the New Testament about helping the poor. That was oh. his main, yeah, that was his main focus in, in the New Testament. Right? It wasn't about salvation. Wasn't about standing on the corner handing out pamphlets. Wasn't about fighting abortion. Wasn't about fighting gay rights. It was about helping the poor, and that was his main point. He got so mad that he upturned the temples. Uh, the tables of the money changers in the temples, because he felt tax so strong. Tax collectors out. in the temple and the tax collectors, right? And the and uh, Jesus, where did he eat? Where did he associate with? Well, he ate with the, the tax collectors, the people that were hated at his time. He ate with the prostitutes, tax collectors, uh, lepers, the poor, lepers. Everybody that that was was everyone shunned. who was disenfranchised and kicked out of Jerusalem would, society. If, if jesus came today you wouldn't find him in a big church singing hymns or, or that you'd find him in a crack den you'd find him in a whorehouse you'd find him on the street being, or by a dumpster behind the street ministering to the people that need it. you know so i tell you if you're going to do charity go ahead and do it they, you know they can't stop you and don't let them
0: there you go everybody that's how you do it you just keep doing it and, uh, even if
1: you are branded a vigilante for feeding the homeless, city of Seattle just passed a statute that says handing out anything, even prepackaged items, anything to the homeless is now illegal. Oh, great. Skyman and his group of friends in the Washington Initiative are not branded vigilantes. How fun is that?
2: Well, hey, it worked well for Robin Hood.
0: Pretty there much, know, right?
2: There you it go. It well for Robin Hood.
0: There are some rules that you <sighs> Sometimes you just have to break them. You know? Uh, that's terrible. It's, I keep thinking it's, about it's, that it's, one scene.
2: It's, it's the duty of man to break You're such a vigilante. Law. Exactly. You're such
1: a lawbreaker, you.
0: I know. Exactly. I, I think about... Remember that scene in uh, uh, the Boondock Saints? <laughs> Where uh, the minister says the the laws of, uh, of God, you know? Remember? Yep. Versus the laws of man. Yeah, so... Yeah, and and um, I'm seeing in the chat room, Seraph saying there's actually something semi-bushido about this somewhere. Idolizing death, protecting the weak, living with honor. Yeah, it is, and and I'm yeah. not surprised that you have swords up on your wall, Dan. It, yeah. it just it seems to fit perfectly. Yeah.
2: Bushido tells us that if we live our life honorably, that we can expect an honorable death.
0: See, and and honestly, what can you? What more can you hope for at the end of your life? than an honorable From death. Christ to yeah. Japanese warriors to feeding okay, we the covered, homeless We covered man. all. We covered all, man. <laughs> the yeah. angel
1: of death, Thanatos Necrium, is one intelligent
2: fellow. <laughs>
0: That?
1: I have my.
2: You keep that quiet. I have my reputation to think of. You know. Okay. Now,
0: Dan, can I can I ask you because I like to get. I love the stories here and and I got. You mentioned something earlier today about having a gun and a knife pulled on you. Can you can you share those stories with us? Because I'm kind of freaked out about that.
2: Well, I've had I've had I've gone up and had gangbangers like flash their guns at me, show me guns. I had two in Oppenheimer Park. You know, and they said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm giving out food and, and water to the people that need it here on the street. I said, I'm Phantos. I'm a real-life superhero. And the guy went, like Batman? And I went, yeah, like Batman. I said, only better looking. And the guy, <laughs> yeah. like, right, the guy says, you know who we are? I said, yeah, I said, I know who you are. And the guy opens up his coat, and he had two 45 automatics stuck in the waistband of his pants, and he put his hand on the one. He says, do you really know who we are? I said, yeah. he said, would you like a bottle of water? It's hot. Oh, I, had one guy that, that, I had one guy that, that yelled at me and like that, and he, waved, he was waving his gun around from across the street telling me he was going to cap me. And He said, I'm not the smartest RLSH out there. I just stood there and, and waved my arms. I said, here, go ahead. Do something now if you're so big. And he took a bullet out of his gun and threw it at me.
0: Oh, my so God.
2: Next, next time he saw me, he's going to put it in manually. I said, go ahead. I'm here. I'm not hard to find.
0: Wow.
1: What was the rule you gave us all for learning? If, if the guy doesn't fire the gun within 30 seconds, he's not going to fire at all? Yeah, if they don't fire at you right off the
2: bat, they're not going to. And if they are That's shooting wise at you, advice. And if they are shooting at you, as much as, as it goes against what most people see as common sense, stand your ground. Don't run.
1: Hmm. Because
2: nothing unnerves a person more than when if you're standing there and you're not running when you should be they are not going to be able to hit you because that is just not the way people respond to it. I don't suggest people try that out firsthand to see if I'm right or wrong, (laughs) but it has happened to me. I have been shot at at close range and just stood there, and the person just not hit me because he was just so unnerved.
0: Wow. And this was while you were in costume?
2: Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: He was freaked out, too. Oh, yeah. yeah, you, you know, you freaked me out when I was looking at you in the corner in, in the Hard Rock Hotel, <laughs> you know. I can't even imagine you standing straight on opposing me, you know, daring me to do this. So, wow, yeah, <laughs> you freaked yeah, him I, out.
2: Yeah, I can be, be quite intimidating, you know. And like I said, I'm wearing body armor. And body armor, everybody looks at it, as, it's defensive. It can be, but it can also be very offensive. I had somebody try to punch me in the stomach, and as they threw the punch, I just stepped forward six inches. And when they hit oh. that vest, they pretty oh, much I yeah. think, broke their hand.
0: Yeah, that'll do it, definitely. I'm glad you're wearing body armor. See, Here's another lesson, real-life superheroes. Thanatos wears body armor, I, and he's out there passing out, you know, supplies, survival supplies to the homeless. So... If you're out there doing anything, be prepared and wear something protective because you never know. It can go bad in a minute, right, it man? Go, it can just it can go, over?
2: It can go bad very quickly. You never know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Um, you're dealing with, like I said, you're dealing with people on the street. Uh, there's a lot of mental illness on the street. There's a lot of drug problems on the street, and they can affect how a person acts incredibly. I had somebody come up to me one night and ask me for money, and when I said I didn't have any to give him, he pulled a steak knife on me and tried to stab me. Oh my a
0: steak gosh. knife, yeah. <laughs> wow. With one
2: of those serrated edges, I've seen a murder in uh, when I was working in Toronto. I saw a murder where a woman was was cut up and stabbed to death with, a, oh. with one of those little steak knives. All right, she had oh, wow. eighty-two stab wounds on her body, fifty of which were fatal. <sighs>
0: yeah, that's uh, that's From awful. a steak unusually. knife, okay. Yeah. That'll do it, too. And usually when it's that many, it's it's, it's someone that she knew well.
2: It, it was in that case, yeah. Yeah. Crime of passion. You know, it can be a crime yeah. of passion, but you can, you know, incite someone, you know, you, you've got to be careful. It's a dangerous world out there. And when you it is. put on a costume and you go out and do that, you become a public figure. You become a celebrity, whether you want to be or not. You draw right. attention to yourself. And you make yourself stand out. And there will always be someone that says, I'm going to make a name by myself by taking out that person.
0: Right. And it doesn't exactly. Matter if,
2: and it doesn't matter how elaborate your costume is or how simple or exactly what you're doing. There is someone that is going to say, I can make a name for myself by doing that person. And they will give it a try.
0: Now that is some sage advice right there, people. So listen to that. Because, you know... It, out there and you're thinking, But I'm out here doing good stuff, don't they know this? They don't care. Especially the mentally ill care. or or the ones on drugs. They don't care. They you know, if they're out to get someone and you cross their path, yeah, you better have some protective gear on. Yeah. Um, and and so that brings me to another thing, Sam. There are people I keep hearing this over and over again. I'd love to be able to go do more for my fellow man. I'd love to help this person or that, if only I had money for this if only I had a team can you give people who say that a piece of advice because I don't see you having you know a giant team behind you or I I don't
2: have a team I've operated pretty much on my own um when I have people up from the states and like that then then I have a team with me and we go out and do stuff but I operate on my own I'm not rich I'm certainly not Bruce Wayne (laughs) um or anybody like that at the moment I'm not even working um it doesn't take much. You know, when I was working, I would spend an average of about $40 on my handout supplies. I would get blankets wherever I could for free. Um, Anything I could get for free, I would get. You know, I would spend probably about $40 of my own money on it. You know, and that would basically keep 10 to 20 people alive for at least one day. So if you're actually looking to spend money, it doesn't take a lot. Go out and buy a couple boxes of granola bars, walk around and hand them out walk by a couple cases of water. Water is something that's needed every day of the year. There are right. three rules. There are three rules to survival that everybody on this planet has to obey, and it's called the rule, the rule of three. three. I love this. One. Yeah. Three minutes without oxygen. Three days without water. Three weeks without food. You violate those Simple rules, you Simple and die. to the point, concise, and you can remember the rule of three. Yeah. So you know, get a case of water and give it out. Don't can't afford a case of water, can't afford cereal bars, then get out and talk to some of these people. Find out sometimes all they might need is something as simple as a postage stamp to be able to write home, access to a phone, um, just someone to talk to. You'd be surprised at just how sim- how much good you can do just by doing that. You know, there's, the there's all kinds. You want to get. You want to get involved in things, there's all kinds of places to get involved with, especially at this time of year. Soup kitchens need people to help give out Christmas dinners. You know, go help do that. Go help with a toy drive. Go help with with a clothing drive. Um, Do anything. There's all kinds of stuff you can do. Get a bunch of you together and just become become like a neighborhood watch. Just walk around with flashlights and a cell phone and call the police when they're needed. Um, It's as simple as that. You know, go out, pick up around your place, pick up needles, pick up trash, um, just anything. You know, I tell people if, sometimes if you live in the right places, give out needles. Up here we have the needle exchange program, so we don't right. have needles all over the streets anymore. We used to. At one time there was one park downtown that was known as Needle Park because you didn't want to walk through it unless you had boots on because there were so many needles left thrown around there. So the needle exchange program which you give them a, a used needle cool. they give you a brand new one uh, and it works that simple and it has cut down on the spread of disease it has cut down on the spread of AIDS uh, more importantly it has cut down on needles that are in unsafe locations like children's playgrounds parks and, and beaches um, so you know give something, do anything anything you do affects the life and if you affect the life then you're doing the right thing.
0: There you go. There you go. It's as simple as that. The whole human touch story that you told earlier, that uh, to me, that was life-saving. Oh, even, if he was, even if he was doomed, you know, it saved his heart that day.
2: You well, know, I, 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 I tell another little story about this man walking along the beach and the tide mm-hmm. washed up thousands and thousands of starfish on the beach. Mm -hmm. and he came upon a little boy that was picking them up one by one and throwing them back in the water the man says what are you doing the little boy says I'm putting the starfish back in the water the man gestures and looks at the beach he says there's thousands of them on the beach he says you you can't expect to save them all you're not going to make a difference to all of them the little boy picks one up says it makes a difference to this one it makes a difference to that one
0: right And that's all we need to focus on. We need to focus on the one that's right in front of us at the moment.
2: That's
0: right. Just do anything.
2: Just do anything. Do whatever you can. It all makes a difference. If we each work on our own little corner of the world and make it nice, all those little corners connect up to other people's corners. And pretty soon we've made much of the world a much better place. Oh, I love
0: that. I love that thing. I can picture it when you say it. (laughs) it, And, you know, the thing is, what people don't understand is that when they don't do something, that changes the world, too. When you do nothing, uh, when you sit and watch, especially when you sit and watch something happen, that changes the world, too. Absolutely.
2: And not for the better. Yeah. You have to be involved. You have to be a, a part of it. No, you cannot change things by sitting on the sidelines. You can only change things by actually stepping in and and taking part. And even if you don't agree with what's going on, what's the biggest villain
1: that a real-life superhero fights? What is the biggest evil that a real-life superhero fights?
0: Apathy. Apathy. Right, absolutely. Now, now, Ben, I, I know what you do on your uh, when you're not wearing the mask. Um, is it okay to tell your listen tell the listeners what you do? Sure well you can tell them because <laughs> well I can
2: tell them right I can tell them. I worked for uh, probably about thirty years off and on in the death industry uh with funeral homes, coroners, and that I can't go into too much detail to what I actually did, but I was quite involved in the death industry um Part of my duties uh, at one point were, was to go to the uh, coroner's office and the morgue, and that's where I would see some of the people that I had helped out uh, in there, and would know what happened to them that way, which was always kind of sad. Yeah. Right in now, the I'm, back
1: of the FETA van, riding on a gurney, was an experience in and of itself.
2: Were, were you there then when uh, night all and everyone was in the back, and, and he said, "Man, it's, it's really getting packed in here." And I said, "That's I said, not bad." I said, "I've had 23 people in this minivan," and he goes, "Really?" And I said, "Yeah, <laughs> of course. You know, they were in urns, though." <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God! I, I'm trying very hard not to throw a pun in there, so. Oh, well, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I was going to say they they kind of earned their spot in the back of the van, but that that I'm so. Oh, <laughs> Very sorry, guys. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're going to move forward. That was, that yeah. was really so I did bad. that right now. Enough, <laughs> fuzzball. Right now
2: I'm I'm not working, but I'm uh, working to hopefully get my own tattoo studio going at some point here. So I'm quite into tattoos. Tell so that story, your
1: physical body is covered with how many tattoos now? Right now, 129. What? See, my you know, that a full body outfit,
2: or do you have... A square inch of skin that is tattoo-free. Well, I've got lots of skin that's tattoo-free at the moment. It'll, it'll get <laughs> filled in at some point. My daughter just did um, <laughs> my watchman face on my shoulder the other night.
0: Oh. The happy face wow. with uh, the human
2: bean juice on it. The comedian. Wow. Face.
0: Yes. That's awesome. You know what, Ben? I'm gonna I'm gonna do this right now. I'm gonna say that I plan to make it up to Vancouver and um i i my goal is within the next 4 months and cool. i i'd like to see if i can get a group of people with me just to schedule tattoo sessions with you you know everybody save your money come with sure. me and make sure you have enough for your tattoos and then don't give us discounts cuz business is business <laughs> and maybe we can all go up together and get tattooed by Thanatos. How awesome would that be?
1: That would that would. Be That's awesome. what I'm saving my skin for. I want to be tattooed by death. There you
0: go.
1: <laughs> right on. But that would be have,
0: awesome. That would be fantastic. I'm I'm putting that out there right now. I'm gonna uh, make sure that people know. Hey, rock's going up there. Anybody wants to go up? Let's 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 reserve Thanatos for a weekend and get some tattoos done, and uh, throw some money at this man because he does wonderful things with his money. You know,
2: to bring, um, bring food and blankets, and we'll also do a big handout.
0: Oh man, okay, it's on, it's on. That's it. <laughs> we're gonna do this. We're, we're definitely gonna do this. Um, so you guys heard it here first, okay? We're all rolling up to Vancouver sometime within the next four months. I'm I'm trying to do this before Project Hope because I know, you know, it's I know it's been hard for you to get out to Project Hope um, these past couple of years. So you know, you've got a lot you're taking care of right now. Um, maybe to, to lighten the load off of you, maybe we can have our own, um, you know, Project Hope up in Vancouver.
2: Sure, sure. Be welcome to. Glad to. It would, it would yeah. be great. It would be great. I've got wow. uh, I've got a supply a place where I can get blankets. Nice. And that, so not a problem. Yeah, we could do a big handout downtown.
0: All right. Wow. That's it. That's it. That's Sky. Are you down? You, Scott, you're closer to Danatos than I am. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, so I think if are driving
2: up, you got to pick them up. you got to put them on the back of your bike and bring them up.
0: Oh, man. Yes, I'm sir. Kidding. We're really good at picking people. I think uh, when we headed down to Project Hope one year, we we dropped by and picked up Bear Man, and he was a lot of fun to ride with on the way down to, to San Diego. That was a lot of fun. So we had oh, yeah. Bear Man. Now we're going to have Sky Man. You know, if your name ends in man... We gotta have. Them.
2: Yeah, he'll be there. Hope was a, was a great thing. Hope started out. Hope started out the first year we were down there. We were down there with Peter Tangen, um, doing some things for his superheroes project.
1: Have you heard from Pete? I haven't heard a damn thing. i trying to been,
2: call him. He's been busy. He's he's yeah. busy with a whole lot of stuff. He's but a our, really famous we photographer. Yeah, yeah. Right. We went down there. We were just kind of down there. You know, Comic Con was on. And a bunch of us got together. Uh, Jack was there, a razor hawk. Um, He's a big man with an even bigger heart. Yeah,
0: he is. Love that guy. And we
2: were down there, and we just decided that being we're all together, let's go out and do a handout. So we went out that night. Do you mean it was spontaneous? Beg your pardon? It was spontaneous? You just didn't even plan it. You just said, let's do it. Didn't even plan it. We all just came up with the idea of being wow. like, let's go out and do something. So we went out and did a handout. We did a handout that night, and it went so successful. We got ourselves together the next day and went out and did, a, did one during the day. Um, and pooled our money and got stuff and, and went out and, did, and just did. And that's when Jack came up with the idea. Razorhawk said, we've got to do this every year. And he's made it now a yearly event down there. Just that which yeah. Yeah. let's do it's a brilliant. handout inspired. Yeah. MJB Razorhawk to put together hope wow and it's Mm. it's so great because it's Comic Con's on and you go into Comic Con you know and they have like $12 hamburgers and $6 Cokes and you go a mile away from there and you find people on the street that haven't got like 10 cents to put together and really appreciate what we're doing Um, it's just absolutely amazing and it's
0: growing you know because it's it's from that I, I, when i was there with you guys the the first time i went i think we had 35 people
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that was like the biggest uh gathering of uh superheroes up to that point and yeah. the cool thing is then the, the year after that it became 55 people um yeah. so it just it, keeps yeah, growing it does. I love it, and and you know what I I really like because now they're talking about. Um, I heard tell that there it's probably going to be Project Hope, um, in San Diego and in Los Angeles, and uh, and now now we are going up to Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, doing so, in Vancouver.
2: It, it's 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 growing, and I'd like to see one in every major city.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We could. I mean what city couldn't use it you know San Francisco we were just here last weekend and they had SantaCon going on but they were pushing all the homeless out of the area that they're used to hanging out in together just because they want you know they had I'm not putting down SantaCon that's fine you know because I know
2: and that's just the way cities operate
0: yeah they push you out they don't want anybody to see the you know that part that side of the city which is sad that's so sad Um,
2: It, it is that's just the way they operate. So.
0: Yeah. Now but i just I'm, see it in
2: every city. I've I've talked to people. There was one fellow that came and visited me from Montana. You know, and they have problems there. So, it's it's everywhere.
0: It is. It is. It's, it's everywhere. And so I'm thinking that. um when I get people like you talking about it and telling these, especially the new RLSH people, you know, how to do this without a lot of money, how to do it without a team, and how to just keep, you know, pushing through and, and reaching out to, uh, to the homeless especially, because um, that's who we're going to see a lot of. You know, they think they get a costume out and they're going to run into a lot of criminals. No, you know, the reality is you're going to run into a lot of homeless people.
2: Yeah, you're because, going to run into a lot of people that just need that little bit of help, a little bit of support, right. a little bit of protection, um, right. and they just need that. You're going to run into that more than you're going to run into, into a lot of, of active crime going on.
0: Yeah, and you can do more, you know, help that way because, you know, they want to be lifesavers. And God love them, they all have this, I'm going to save a life. I'm going to save someone from being mugged or killed or raped. Sure, you could do that, but more often than not, you're going to save the life by giving somebody some food and some water to keep them alive, exactly. you know, for another night. That's important. Um, now, we've got about ten minutes left in the show. Now, fan, is there something you'd like to plug while we're, while we're here on Tribe? Like I said, we've got like a, a thousand listeners per show, and... Um, they're not all my because, like I said, I don't have a thousand. Um, well, I'd like to, I, but <laughs> can they donate to it. you?
2: Um, I do have a page somewhere. Um, <laughs> I can't find it, it at the moment. I do, you know, ha- I do have. I do have. Do have a site okay. for donations somewhere? We can. It was we'll a GoFundMe site or something like that. Yeah.
0: And you know, you know what? I We'll put the link up for you on the tribe site now. Um, and, you guys, you can you can find Thanatos easy enough. All you have to do is, is you know, go on to Facebook. And if you type in Thanatos Necrium, I, I don't think you're going to get many others that come up besides.
2: If you, if you Google Thanatos, Google. the Dark Adventure, you get tons of my stuff.
0: The Dark Avenger? Okay. Yeah. So, Th- Thanatos, the Dark Avenger. Even, even
2: just as you as you get into Thanatos, it, this, tons and tons of stuff comes up. Nice. Of me, so I'm I'm easy, I'm I'm easy to find on the internet. There you and go. Like now. And the only, only thing I would, I would really like to plug is just tell people get out there and do something. Make a change. You know? Be the change you want to see in the world is the best quote I've ever heard, you know? Get out there and do anything.
0: Yeah, exactly. Anything. That's so important. Um and you never know where that anything will lead. You never know who it's gonna touch and how they're gonna move it forward from there.
2: You you never know where that's going to go. It's like ripples in a pond and you you have no idea where it's going to touch that far shore, but it does.
0: It does, absolutely. Um, Now, Pam, there is one question that I wanted to ask you. I didn't ask anybody else during their um, interviews, but I've always wanted to know what kind of music does Thanatos Necrium like to listen to?
2: Well, I could get funny and just say death metal.
0: Oh, I should have known. That's excellent. But, uh, I should have known.
2: I, I listen to to all kinds of music. I listen from uh, everything from Kitty Wells and Ray Price, right up to Marilyn Manson, um, Tupac. Uh, if it's good music, I'll listen to it. Wow, that that yeah. I haven't that's I haven't heard fast. anything worth listening to from Justin Bieber. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you and me both. I'll be honest, I. I haven't heard one Beaver song that makes me think. Dear God, it is that thing. That's exactly <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no. Any Any music that's good.
0: Wow, you know, and for some reason, I don't know. Are you a musician by any chance? You just strike me as a type who could probably I, play. I'm, it little,
2: I'm kind of self-taught on the uh, bass and guitar. I
0: knew it. I knew it. I'm thinking. You know what? I bet Ben knows how to play something. That's pretty. See, had I known that, I would have made you bust out your bass or guitar, and and give us like you know a a, a thirty seconds of Santa Toast music. And
2: uh, do you think Sam? Oh, with this voice, no.
0: Well, are you kidding me? It's a nice voice. It's a. I'm not. I'm. Oh. I'm, I'm,
2: I'm. No. I'm. I'm not allowed to. They have a, a law here in <laughs> British Columbia. Um and. <laughs> It seems whenever I get seen, all the moose go into heat. So they ask me just not to.
0: <laughs> oh, my. God. Okay. I'm get it excited. Now. <laughs> Thank you. Nightbug He's adding his little two cents in with his uh, <laughs> sound bites. Now, you know what? I'm, I'm going to ask you one question. Uh, it's, it's back to the serious thing, you know, before we sign off. If, if you've got to tell these uh, new people, think about the new people in the RLSH community that are trying to, to look to the, to the vets um, to learn, what kind of training would you tell these guys to have before they go out to do anything?
2: As much training as you can in everything. Learn law. Learn about forensic science. What is evidence and what isn't. Learn self-defense, you know, and not just like Taibo uh, or something you learned off of videotape. Go to an actual dojo with an actual teacher and learn. Learn martial arts. Learn what you can do. Um, take a look around where you are and find out what the real problems are and then work towards solving them or at least drawing attention to them. But get training in everything. You know, computer sciences, definitely computers are, are an important tool for us these days for communication, sharing information. Um, you know, get yourself in shape. Keep yourself in shape. You know, you want to be in good physical shape. Um, I go out and I'll carry a bag with, with maybe a hundred bottles of water into it. That's quite heavy. And you got to be in good shape to be able to truck that around seven or eight square blocks of city. So get yourself in shape. You can get training in everything and anything you can.
0: There you go there you go from the master in anything and everything you can so don't think you can just put on a mask (laughs) and just go on out there and uh you know fight crime no you you,
2: you need the training you need to be properly trained i've had for myself people ask me well what kind of training have i had i was in the united states army special forces so i had a lot of training there i was cross-trained as a field medic a sniper and explosive expert
0: oh my god
2: so you could hurt a, people
0: badly and then heal them and patch them up.
2: Probably I've been in martial arts for most of my life. I have uh, my second black belt in ninjitsu. Wow. Uh I've had training. My wife used to be a professional wrestler, so she showed me a few things as well.
0: Oh my gosh, that's yeah. awesome.
2: You know, wow. I, worked, I was a police officer in Rhodesia for about 6 months, so I had actual police training. I've worked with coroner's offices in two different provinces here in, in Canada, so I know about forensics and, and legalities and that. So, you know, I, I bring all of that to the table when I put on my, my Thanatos hat.
0: Now, you know, the funny thing is you have probably more training than 90, I, I'm gonna go and say 95% of the RLSH out there, and yet you use all of your skills to make human connections.
2: I find that Any,
0: really interesting.
2: I learned a long time ago, and I learned it in the Army, anybody can kill. It doesn't take, take a man to, to, to stick someone with a knife to pull a trigger. That, that's, anybody can do that. To heal is the greatest gift of all. And if you can do that, then you are doing something that, that most of the world doesn't even bother with trying.
0: And as far as I'm concerned, that's what makes you a real superhero.
2: Well, thank you. I just I just do what I can. And that's the trick right there.
0: Now, Skye is not on the line anymore. He's on chat, though, and he says that he's, he's sorry he ran out of minutes. <laughs> but he wanted you to know. Yeah, I know. We're bummed. We said, "Where'd you go?" No. He said, "Sorry, I He said, "Please tell them it was an honor and a privilege to join him tonight." And well, I gotta, an I honor gotta for echo. It as well,
2: Scan. It was I, as know, well for me. I
0: I gotta I gotta echo that because um, I I brought you on toward the very end of this series because it's I I like saving the best for last and <laughs> I. Bug and I are sitting here just, you know, because we learned, we knew we'd learn things about you that we didn't know before. So we're we're very blown away, and we can't wait to meet you. I think you're probably going to get sick of me right away because I'm going to be like, ah, oh, this is so cool, and we'll <laughs> stop saying that, you know. And you'll go, oh my god, if Rock would just calm down, please. Um, but you know, I can't promise that I'll calm down the whole time, <laughs> unless you're Unless you're tattooing me, I promise I will be still and I will be I will behave. Um, okay, that
2: works. <laughs> that's what she said.
0: That's what I said. So, with that, we're going to take the show out. We thank you again, and um,
2: thank gosh, you very much uh, for thank you very much for having me. I'm very honored to have been on.
0: Thank you, and you know what we want? We want you to be safe out there, because you know. I don't know anybody in the community that doesn't like you. I'll be honest. I've never heard anybody speak a bad word against you. Um, I think if they did, they would have everybody getting down on them like, like you know, acid rain. Um, so I I just want you to stay safe because everybody looks to you, you know, as, as – you're not the grandfather of the community because you're not that old, but you're like – you're like the patriarch of the whole community. So <laughs> we need you to be safe and oh. to be okay out there.
2: I will try. That's my, my prime uh, priority when I'm out is stay safe. And I tell there that to everybody. Go. Stay safe. And listen through to the end after the theme song because I've a special sample just for you.
0: Oh. Okay. Night, Nightbug's got a special. Wow. A special sample just for you. Okay, then. <laughs> and with Good that. Up. We're going to say um, good night to everybody listening to Tribe. Um, be sure to listen into to our next show. It ends our seven-part uh, series. We have a special guest uh, that we're bringing in, a surprise guest for the end of this seven-part Neighborhood Heroes series. And I wonder who, who, yes, I have to do that, it could be. So, ah, uh, uh, there's very, quite a the tantalizing
2: uh, clue right there.
0: There you go. Have that for subtle. Settle is not my best suit, but anyway, um, so join us for that one. And it's also Tribe Radio's one-year anniversary. We're celebrating it a little late, but um, that'll be our next show. So to everyone in the chat room, thank you. To all our listeners, thank you very much. To my, Thank you, Sky, for calling in. And once again, thank you so much, Sanatose.
2: Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: And everybody else, have a great evening, and trust yourself. Tribe radio's out.
2: And a Merry Christmas.